Where's all the, like... What'd you buy me? All the excitement. The confetti should be falling should from, be. The, the, from the ceiling here in this studio that doesn't get used for anything but this for the most part. You didn't even get me a card. I'm sorry. I probably should have. I forgot, baby. I, I'll make it up to you tomorrow. Uh, we are med- Nah, man, I want to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be really surprised now that you reminded me about the things. It's the one-year anniversary of this particular podcast. We are on episode 52. Yep. 52 weeks, they've looked at us like, oh, what's going on in here? And not listened to the actual content of it, which is fantastic. We actually have enough episodes now that you can binge us. You could definitely get yes, episode you can one and binge watch it. or binge listen to the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. I do have some beef right off the top Hit it. with our sponsor, Nugenics, right? That, you know, just text skin flute to 369-369 and Doug Flutie will show up and do your wife. Um, but their new commercial. I promise she'll like it too. <laughs> yes, she will. Hail no, Mary. I don't think she will. <laughs> I don't want you, Big Hurt. Um, but they've expanded their repertoire in this comer- in these commercials because their latest edition is them doing a podcast. Oh, come on, you guys. Big Hurt is sitting like, it looks like a Zoom. Big Hurt has a microphone in front of him. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, boop, on the screen comes Terrell Owens. Like, I oh, need eugenics. And boop, Doug Flutie. That's our gig. Yeah. What, what, what do they need us for, then, if they're going to do their own podcasting? Is it, is it called the Too Good for TV Commercials podcast? Because <laughs> if, if that's the case, you know what I didn't... I'm going to cancel their contract. Exactly. I'm done with them. I won't like it at, at all, and she won't like it either. Just this morning, there was, and I am not making this up, there was a commercial for an erectile dysfunction pill. There's so sort. many of them out there anymore. A lot of them, man. There's just a lot of flopping wieners going on out there. <laughs> there, there really is. Um, What's wrong with America? Come on. And they get to the end, and I'm, I swear to God, first of all, their logo is a rooster, so it's like, oh, okay. That's a little on the nose. And then they said, text ball. <laughs> Just, just one? Just one ball. Just one ball. Yeah. We can only work on one at a time. <laughs> one of overdose. Text ball, and we'll send you a sample of this uh, of this stuff here. Oh, God. Yeah. Text. Can you imagine? I, I understand the situation, yeah. but I don't know if I could ever in my life text ball to anything. Right. And go, I, God, this here, I can't wait for this. Yeah. I would I would rather, I'll tell you what, I'd rather go to a, to a truck stop gas station mm-hmm. And and roll the dice on the horny goat weed that they have in there. Then text ball to anything. At least they could have just said text scrotum. You don't say ball. I mean, yeah, you use on. the actual technical term for it. Text testes. Yeah, sack. So as we get into this one year anniversary edition, we begin with a question: Is this a miracle or not? Okay. Because I have I have strong feelings that this is just God refilling the pantry. That it is not a miracle per se. All right, and maybe you have a different different opinion. Okay, this comes to us from the Archdiocese of Hartford, where they're investigating a possible miracle after a priest reported that communion hosts inexplicably multiplied during Mass. Huh. Here's what transpired. The Reverend Joseph Crowley, who leads the Congregation of St. Thomas Catholic Church in Thomaston, of course it's, <laughs> announced at the conclusion of Mass on March 5th that a parishioner chosen to help with communion that day had witnessed a possible miracle. The reverend said, and I quote, one of our Eucharistic ministers was running out of hosts, and suddenly there were more hosts in his little plate. God just duplicated himself in the plate, because it's supposed to be the the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Um, that's They say the metal vessel with the lid designed to hold communion hosts or wafers which symbolize the body of Christ. The clergyman described the suspected miracle as, quote, very powerful, very awesome, very real, very shocking. Cleric later said that by the time communion was over, there appeared to be either just as many or possibly even more hosts inside the container than there were at the beginning of the service. Okay. So so what happened? That's what they're saying. It's oh, a miracle. That, the, that This is a miraculous happening of we are running out of Jesus for communion. <laughs> and all of a sudden, ta-da, more just okay. showed up in the container. Is that a miracle? Do, do you have a do you have an earthly explanation? I don't have an earthly explanation, but Neither I don't know. Do if, I. I don't know if that rises to a miracle. It's kind of cool. It is. I'm not saying it's not cool, but I don't know if more wafers showing up is a miracle. Anything suddenly showing up, it's a I miracle. Mean, it's a magic it, trick. It, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's cool. It's a it's a phenomenon, right. but I don't know if it's a miracle. Like if if I'm at a if I'm at a cookout. Yeah. And we're running low on hot dogs. And all of a sudden, ta-da, more hot dogs. I don't immediately call the Vatican and go, you're never going to believe what just happened here. Know, man. You might more be... hot dogs showed up out of thin air. You could be Saint Windmocker. I could. But that wouldn't be me performing Saint it. Saint Windmocker of the hot dogs. <laughs> Saint Windmocker of the wieners. <laughs> and I just she'll don't... like it, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just don't... I Text miracle, the three. Um, I just don't know if it, if it rises to miracle status. Right. I mean, it's in a church, and they're going, uh-oh, yeah. we're running low on Jesus. <laughs> I guess in a way... And they open, it, the, and they open the can, and there's more Jesus it's in a, there. It's a, in the hierarchy of miracles, it's underwhelming miracle, isn't it's, it? It's not... Yeah. It's God... Ref- like I said, to me, it's, it's, it's a higher power refilling the pantry. It's Is more- that a miracle? <laughs> do, do, yeah. When I come... No, I'm with you. I'm with you. If, if magically I go to my pantry and ramen noodle that I thought I was out of showed up and multiplied, I don't know if I immediately go, miraculous. On the scale of, huh, to, oh, it's a little closer to, huh. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Like if someone had passed in the first pew, like if the old person keeled over and then rose back up, I go, holy crap. Exactly. Miracle. This I go, yeah, that's nice. I'm glad everyone got their communion. I do too. I'm I'm glad everyone got their communion and it's it's a phenomenon, but I don't know if it's a miracle. Great. Christ is doing party tricks now. Right. (laughs) You think there was a party going up there? It's like, hey, I'm going to blow these people's minds. It was a bar bet. It was a bar bet. Watch like, this. I bet you a, a shot of whiskey that I can freak them out down at this. Watch this. <laughs> Watch this. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. No way, Jesus. You can't do that. Come here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, you, 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 you don't. Hey, listen to him over here making more communion wafers. I mean, I knew you did the bread and fish thing when you were alive, but I don't know if you can pull that off when you I'm pass. You, just, just keep your eye on this place. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So, not quite sure if that rises to a miracle, but kudos to you there, Jesus, yeah. to, to, to win that bar bet. Thanks. I'm low on gas, Jesus. If you, if I were to go up to my car right now and I got some more gas, this is more miraculous to me. This next story that this gentleman has lived to tell the tale of. Yeah. All things considered, um, Milwaukee man. Here's the headline: Milwaukee man says he was forced to leave his home after 17 different cars crashed into his property. 17 over the course of the time that he's been living there. That's a lot of cars crashing into your property. Um. Like you to meet Junius Merriweather. Who lives <laughs> What's in, that you say? I said, I'd like you to meet Junius Merriweather. 
Okay. Who lives at 76th and Stark in Milwaukee. Uh, and the home is considered uninhabitable until repair work is finished after a car slammed into it. Um, but the 17th car, how long is how long has Junius lived there? Uh, in 2019, following a deadly crash outside, uh, they, they first heard of this guy in 2019 after a deadly crash happened outside of his home. Car slammed into his yard and the windshield of the car blew out and <laughs> slammed into the front door. Oh, good Lord. Um, That's then, a rude awakening. Next year in 2020, another car crashed outside his home. And then in 2021, he showed cell phone video of a car uh, that hit his house and uh, and crashed into his porch. Cars have been running into my yard repeatedly, says Merriweather. He showed his police reports 17 times in seven years. Uh, he has had Good Lord, almost three times a year <laughs> this guy is. has to deal with a car coming into his yard or hitting his yeah. home? Gets up in the morning and there's just a car upside down in the grass. <sighs> Finally, he said, I've had enough. How long, how many of that before you would have moved? I think when number five comes in my property, I go, sorry, I'm out. I know I know, moving in is not the most yeah. fun thing to do, and you're, you're tied to house for memories and whatnot. But I think at number five, hitting my home, I say, no, thank you. Or you call the Department of Public Works and say, can I buy a guardrail from you guys? I'll pay for it. Right. I just want a guardrail. <laughs> so it doesn't end up in my yard or my home. Uh, I never had any intentions of leaving my home. I wanted to stay there. I fixed it up really good shape. I liked it. My wife and I love our home, but we have got to move. There's just too many damn cars driving into our house. Yikes. Um, he still owns the house, but after a car hit it in 2020, he was scared for his family. You know, we might be sitting there eating dinner yeah. and a car flies over our head. Um, the home was hit again. This time it was deemed uninhabitable due to structural damage. Good Lord. My insurance company has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. He plans to rent out his home once it's fixed up again like that. You, you're going to have to disclose that, yeah, right? Don't you have to disclose that in the, in the rental agreement? Yeah. By the way, just to let you know, car may hit you in the middle of your dining room. Just throwing it out there. You know Airbnb, sometimes they just have clever names for their properties. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, the guest house on the hill or something. It's like uh, house crashy. <laughs> In Milwaukee. I want to keep it. I don't want to get rid of my property, but I know I need to fortify it to be, to make sure it's <laughs> anytime, safe anytime for people to that, live there. Anytime you say I need to fortify my home, uh, not a good statement. He has since put boulders up around his house and hopes to prevent from cars making it into the lawn. Um, and uh, he's been talking to the city for five years saying, would you just, he says, uh, just change something. He thinks a slight curve is causing speeding or distracted drivers uh, to end up on his Lawn, yikes! Uh, and uh, and so far, no help. So we're with you, Jun- Junius. Uh, Junius Merriweather. Junius, Junius Merriweather, indeed. Thanks here for having an awesome name. It is the Mike Molson Too Good for Radio podcast, one year anniversary edition. We've joked how you could also call this the Sex and Poo podcast. Yes, which leads us to uh, the which next, one do we have now? The, sex we, or poo? We, we have sex. Okay, we have sex. We have dating, and then poop. Okay, still good. to come here. So stick around for that. <laughs> Don't tune away to another podcast. <laughs> exactly. Don't go to another podcast. Hit pause right now <laughs> and go to this commercial break that we don't have because uh, uh, we're not on the radio yeah. anymore. Who's going to sponsor this? Yes, exactly. Who is indeed? Uh, this comes to us from TikTok. Okay. Where a wedding videographer has captured what they believe is the most inappropriate wedding vows ever given. Okay. All right. The video has over 18 million views. And many of the commenters have said that the groom's vows are huge red flags. Now, I'll give you, I don't have the video ready to go, but I do have some of the keys that are shared 
in this particular TikTok video. But then I have the response from the bride who these vows were told to. Okay? Hit it. According to the videographer, the upsetting vow saga began even before the groom made his way to the altar when he was asked what he wants to say to the future bride. The groom said, I hope we have a lot of sex. A lot. <laughs> so this is a videographer. They're putting okay. together they're, they're putting together the, the wedding video. And they asked, hey, the question, we're going to put this in. What do you want to tell your future bride? You know, you haven't said I do yet. And he says, I hope we have a lot of sex a lot. That's right. That's I the beginning. a shed full of eugenics that says, you'll yes. like it too. That's right. I got the big hurt back there just in case. <laughs> For the vows, the groom said... Tag me in. <laughs> exactly. Flutie. I'm, Flutie, I've, I've run out of steam. I need to re, I need to re-up in the eugenics. Hail Mary, dog. Get in there, buddy. Um, for the vows, the groom said, and I quote, you may want to earmuff kids if they're listening okay. to this particular one. Only two things are required to keep me happy. Keep my belly full and my balls empty. Oh, my God. While you're amazing at half of it, we really need to get you some cooking lessons. <sighs> This is what he's saying in the wedding vows. All right? This is in front of yeah. whatever higher power and everybody else. Mm-hmm. The groom also... And Jesus is up there going, I am not giving them any more communion because <laughs> no. that, that is completely inappropriate. The groom also mentioned wanting to leave her for Margot Robbie, how much she enjoys the sounds of, quote, gagging and headboard slamming. God almighty. And how the bride now faces a difficult choice of ending the night as a toaster strudel or a Twinkie. All right. You know what? And I think we know what he means by those particular terms. Viewers were horrified by the vows (laughs) and said they saw red flags. Yes. So, to recap. Yes. Not something you would expect to be said as wedding vows. Whether whether the wedding is an outdoor in a country club, maybe if the wedding's at a strip club, you think, okay, but even as a joke, right? Even this guy's thinking he's funny. Yeah. The material's not great. Uh, and it's not something probably that you sh- should have in wedding vows. It's even weird at weddings if somebody just kind of does the, bet you can't wait, get to the honeymoon, wink. You know, even that, it's like, eh, that's, that's, that's personal stuff. Don't, yeah, don't, 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 don't be pushing me to consummate this right away. Yeah, I mean, don't, it's not funny. Yeah. We'll do our own thing in our own time. Yeah. So I tend to agree with those. Yeah, it's a red flag. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with those saying a little out of line, mm. right? That's not something you say. And even if it's a drunk best man toast, it's still that's still a little questionable yeah, material absolutely. going on there. Absolutely. Of, uh, when she goes back, she's going to be a Twinkie or toaster soon tonight, Bruce. Yeah, buddy. God almighty. But here, the bride catches on to this because 18 oh, okay. million people have seen this TikTok video from the videographer. So the bride makes her own TikTok. Where she comes to the fence, she said, there is nothing that I would have changed. I loved his vows. <laughs> they showed a piece of his personality, which is his humorous side. Okay. I have known him since 2010. This is how he was since then. I knew what I was getting myself into. She goes on to defend her relationship against toxic labels from viewers, explains why her husband is too good for her. And, ap- and to apologize to haters whose lives aren't happy or eventful wow. as hers are. Sorry you don't have a man who says only two things, belly full and balls empty. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I don't have a picture of these people in front of me, oh, but they, I'm, I'm guessing say, yeah. they don't look like fit porn stars. No. Okay. They, they look exactly like you think they would <laughs> okay. look. 
<laughs> they look exactly like they came down the aisle to Bob with the Bob from Kid Rock. <laughs> I'm just, I don't mean to overgeneralize, no, but, no, that, that, that's but any, probably exactly. But anybody who's willing, oh, <laughs> anyone God. who's willing to say only we need two things, belly full and balls empty, probably yeah. walked down the aisle to I am the bull God. Oh. Yeah, just maybe, maybe they know. can move into Janulius Mayweather's <laughs> home. I got a great new starter home yeah. for you. You'll yeah. get some headboard banging. We'll get that's some for banging sure. Going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll plow your driveway. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> to we doing push-ups out there? Uh, up next is a new breakup tactic. Okay. going on in the world of dating. So we go from an interesting marriage and vow and ceremony to an interesting breakup technique. That some people are calling worse than ghosting. It's called fizzling. Oh, wow. I can already feel that. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you think you have an idea what fizzling would be? My guess is, uh, you know, maybe you go out on dates a couple, three times a week, and then you go on dates a couple times a week, and then you go on a date yes. once. Yes. That's exactly what you know, it is. You, you're just gone. It's when a dater incrementally puts less effort into the other person until it reaches the point where they stop communication altogether. Wow. The fizzler keeps some degree of contact as a simple contingency in case intentions with another fall through the cracks. It's becoming increasingly common on dating apps, and 90% of surveyed daters wish to avoid being fizzled. Uh, Hinge's love and con- connection expert, Mo Airy Brown, explained how emotionally detrimental <laughs> fizzling can be. I'm sorry, to- doctor. What's wrong with my what? <laughs> Mo Airy Brown. My Mo Airy Brown is swollen? What? <laughs> my Junius Merriweather has, <laughs> has flared up. <laughs> We're going to have to amputate. Um, they say, slowly phasing someone out without offering an explanation can trigger feelings of unworthiness, confusion, and self-doubt. If you're not feeling the connection, remember there's another human being on the other side of that screen, and they deserve closure. Therapists also had strong words describing the major personality flaws which come with fizzlers. The person doing the fizzling is most likely avoidant and selfish because they're not responsible or secure enough to admit that they're no longer interested in the connection. Yeah. They lack care for the way their behavior makes others feel. I think that is almost worse than ghosting. I, th- I think it is, and I don't think I don't know that it's necessarily new. I think maybe we've all been on the receiving end of, I don't know, something just is, just, and then we're in. And... On the on the opposite side of that is okay. So you're just not. I mean, you're, it's okay, but you're not feeling it. What is it that you say to somebody? Yeah, there's no good way, right? Yeah. As they always, you're said. almost interesting to me. You were in the beginning, yeah. but now not so much. The whole "it's not you, it's me" thing is mm-hmm. played out because no one ever believes that. Oh, it's always you. Exactly. Anyone yeah. who says it's not you, it's me, <laughs> it's always you. Oh yeah, it's you. Yeah, it's 100%. definitely you. But you're right. I, I, how do you delicately? So, what is the thing you say that says? Yeah, amicably we go. It, it's difficult if you know the other person is super still into it. If we're on a deserted island, maybe maybe we there's hang a chance. Out, but I yeah. Just, you know. It's, I mean, it's difficult, but I think to just kind of, to stop putting effort into it in hopes of them then starting to dislike you more, right? just seems a cowardly way out to me. Agreed, yeah. Totally. Even more cowardly than ghosting. At least with ghosting, you just go and you're like, I don't know, I'm done. Fizzling just is you pl- pulling the strings on someone and kind of stringing them along. That's not cool. Yeah. You fizzlers. Yeah, nice going, fizzlers. Yeah. <laughs> As we move from the sex part to the poo part of the Sex and Poo podcast here and the year anniversary of the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. Don't say you're not getting your money's worth. That's right. This, I've found interesting for reasons because it involves poo. 
The largest human poo on record apparently belonged to a Viking male from the 9th century. And this really? poo this poo can be found in a museum. They call it a bum splitting Viking poo, which by the way, <laughs> your bum's already split, but True. It, but it measures 20 centimeters long and 5 centimeters wide, and they say it remains the largest turd on record. Archaeologists excitedly dug up the mighty dung from a site in York almost 50 years ago and was traced all the way back to the 9th century. The specimen was unearthed by the York Archaeological Trust, who unearthed the poo during an excavation in 1972. They say tests on the turd, scientifically known as a large paleofaces or coprolite, revealed that it survived more than a thousand years intact in a plot which later became a Lloyd's Bank. Archaeologists believe that the deposit may most likely belong to a Viking man. Analysis of the stool has indicated that its producer subsisted largely on meat and bread. <laughs> Dates back to approximately the 9th century, and the person responsible is believed to be a Viking. Gil Snape, a student conservator on a placement with the York Archaeological Trust, previously said, quote, Whoever passed it probably hadn't performed for a few days, shall yeah, we say. He was probably a little The guy up. had very itchy bowels. Do you think that's the biggest turd on record? 20 centimeters is a little under 8 inches. Oh, I think I've, I've probably... I've probably, But here's the thing. 20 centimeters long and 5, five inches in wide. diameter? Yeah, wide. I mean, 5 centimeters in diameter? Yeah, 5 centimeters in diameter. Yeah, so that's like a... a I mean, that's a that's sizable like a two turd. 2-inch by 8-inch that's a, turd. Yeah, that's that's sizable, but I don't know if it's ever human. Here's the thing. Who's going- I, I, guess the, I guess the width is a little more alarming than the length. Correct. That's probably what it is. <laughs> It's on display. Yeah. You can fly over there and see it at the York Archaeological Society. But the thing about it is, that's a record that goes on because I don't think anyone else is going to take the time to measure. And I guess it's another question of, because I always looked at weird that I actually look behind me to see what I have done Doesn't in the bowl. everybody look behind them after there's some done? people. There's some people who say they, 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 say they, they don't look behind. Really? They just, they just wipe and go. What if there is a medical issue you need to report right. to a doctor? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you have to, because you- What if something came out that wasn't supposed to come out? That it needs to go back in. <laughs> Correct. I don't know if there's ever I happened don't know what in that history. Is. Yeah. I don't know anyone who's pooped out their own intestine, yeah. but- Is that my liver? Exactly. So, but I, you know, right? I mean, you can kind of tell when something major has happened and you go, I got to take a look. What's more interesting, have you ever surprised yourself? Yes. Where you go, I didn't think- I didn't think I could do that. I was like, that was that was a, a real clean movement there. When you don't, anytime, <laughs> and here's for the people who don't. Yeah, so you're a liar. You've you've looked, but I you always when you don't hear any type of splash, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's impressive. You got anytime you don't right. hear a splash, you got to turn around like an Olympic. Uh, yeah, exactly. Swimmer. If it just if it just if it, yeah if, if it's a Ooh. diver if it's a diver that's no splash, <laughs> that's a ten. That's a that's a ten even from the Russian judge on your log. <laughs> When, when there's no splashdown, yeah. when it just goes, yeah. then th- that's impressive. But I think it's a record that stands up because who wants to call Guinness? Correct. What would you have to go through to break that record? Yeah. You then have to find it. You have to keep it intact because you don't know if it's going to be strong enough to hold up to right. things. You don't want to put it out on the table like Play-Doh yeah. to have it dry out. You have to get one of those tape measures like the tailor uses so that you can wrap it around. Right, exactly. Yeah. Who wants to do that? No, nobody And you does. can't pull that too tight because then it may cut it in half, Yeah, and then you lose your record, and all for naught. Yeah, but there are some times, though, after you go, you go, there's no way. Where on earth was I keeping all of that? There's no way. You're not wrong. 
You're not wrong. Get me a scale, because I must have just lost five pounds. <laughs> have you ever done that before, though? Have you ever, like, recently weighed yourself? Colonoscopy. That's, oh, that, that's where I was the most curious. Okay, so okay. I want, a, I want a before and after. Okay. But and most of that's water that comes out. I don't, know what, it, I don't know what came out. There was a lot that came out. I, I yeah. may have lost my gallbladder in that one. That, 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 yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> but you, have you ever done... I have. Yeah. Where I, I've gone, okay, recently weighed myself, and then... Then one something of, substantial th- happens. Exactly. Then an Olympic ten comes out, yeah. and I go, "Huh, I lost like a couple of pounds there." Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a two. That was a two pound dump right there. Right. And the, and the feeling of relief afterwards yeah. is is beyond reproach. You stand a little taller. Yeah, you feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah. You're like, look at me go. You're in a better mood for some reason. You are. It's like, you're, you're, just really, like, you're holding a lot there. I've unburdened myself of all this waste. <laughs> Thank, thank the Lord above. Now that, my friends, yes. is a miracle. I don't know why we don't have any sponsors. I have no idea either. And uh, we end this particular edition of the Too Good for Radio podcast, the one-year anniversary of a story of a man trying to smuggle eggs. Well, and yeah, when you think about uh, what you have to go through when you go through customs, like, oh, they're looking for weapons and they're looking for drugs. Um, and they're also looking for... Plants and and yeah, animals, right? They don't want species, non-invasive species, to become invasive in this country. Zhu Ta Wu uh, almost made it through customs in Miami, and um, party in the city where the heat is on all yeah, night and the heat to the break of dawn. He was on Taka Airlines from Managua. Okay, uh, there's a lot of words there. Yeah, and during a secondary round of questionings, he's they're going through the use. Do you have anything to declare? Did you bring over any seeds? Did you, right, you know, yeah, solve exactly, all the right. things? Any money? Any cash? What do you got going on? And so they're having the the usual conversation when quote an unmistakable squeaking or chirping sound started coming from his carry on. Okay, I was going to say if it was from his pants, then someone's got a problem. Um, so he's got a carry on bag that's chirping. That starts to chirp. So he's. Sitting there going, I got nothing. There's no reason for you to look in this bag. Nothing suspicious. Yeah, don't look. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine for a moment? Quack. Going, what the hell is going on in that bag? How do you you play that off? Did he try to cover it with a sneeze or something? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That that was me. (laughs) Sorry. I I watched a lot of Andy Griffith on the plane. uh Didn't... uh, (laughs) Yeah, haven't haven't eaten. Can since... Can you binge watch Andy Griffith's show? I don't even know. Haven't uh, eaten since Taiwan, so I'm just a little <laughs> grumbly down there. Um, Wu, who hails from Taiwan, removed a smaller bag from inside of his suitcase and pulled out what appeared to be a bird egg. Ta-da! <laughs> that, my friends, is the miracle of life. They looked into other bags, and the officer then found more eggs and a baby bird. So it had incubated right there on the plane and was. Ooh. That to me, th- those eggs were close to going bad, right? Like, <laughs> can you imagine buying those eggs from him at some point in the black market? That it, unless they were for pets, I don't know. He had twenty nine eggs in his luggage, and uh, at least eight of them were either hatched or in the process of hatching. And he was detained with smuggling goods into the U.S. Uh, they say what kind of birds? Because mm. it seems to me those would be pets. Those aren't consumable eggs if eight of the 29 were hatched or going to be hatched. Uh, then he did the oldest excuse in the book. When you, when you oh, watch no. A, no, he didn't do what I think he did. Whenever you watch uh, cops or something like that and they pull someone over yes. and there's marijuana sitting Not in the book. Not my pants. 
He allegedly told investigators uh, that a friend paid for him to travel uh, and an, intermed- an intermediary would deliver the bird eggs to him. He claimed he did not declare the eggs uh, because he was afraid he would have to pay fees for bringing them in his luggage. Uh, there's an extra egg fee, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, it was his buddy who gave him the suitcase. You know, I didn't know. Investigators suspect eggs were smuggled as a part of an exotic animal trade. Okay, so it was going to be for pets. Hard to find sought-after birds is lucrative. So it doesn't say what kind of birds, uh, uh, from what I could tell here. Um what, I'm trying to think what kind of bird it would be that it's sought after the point where you'd have to smuggle the bird eggs in. This comes on the heels of a 2016 incident where a man was at Miami International uh, with nine live birds in his fanny pack and stuffed in the, quote, groin area of his pants. <laughs> Text ball to... <laughs> Another Miami bird bust happened in February of 2020 when uh, a customs border official found two finches, one dead and one alive, crammed in a small plastic bottle. What is wrong with these people? What are you doing to these poor birds? Yeah. By the way, who want, the, the poor birds end up with someone's groin. That's uncomfortable. How do you fly? How do you Anything fly? living, yeah, just living shove it in your pants. They'll never look here. Can you imagine? Start pecking at Can your pecker. Can you pecker. imagine? Just... <laughs> Thank you. Just well played. Yeah. Can you imagine just sitting next to someone on a plane? Not that you're looking at someone's crotch, but if no. it starts undulating, yeah. do you go, what is going on here? Yeah. Little head pokes out. That's a new Nugenics formula. Makes it <laughs> undulating crotch formula. <laughs> and your crotch will love it, too. Text peep, too. <laughs> Good God. Lord. People are uh, crazy. So. And the lengths that people go to get exotic pets. By the way, wouldn't you have to disclose that to when you sold it to the person? By the way, may want to give this bird a bath. It's been my crotch for a 12-hour flight. I've got a great name for your bird. Yes, exactly. Peter. <laughs> hey Well, thank you, everyone, for supporting us for this past year. Yes. We appreciate that. Send in those donations. Yes. Send we should, you a tote bag. Yeah, we should start a Patreon page yeah. so that uh, you can get a special Patreon that'll be nothing but sex and poo. <laughs> So if you want to hear nothing but sex and poo stories from us, we'll open a Patreon for for that particular offshoot of this podcast. Godspeed, everyone. Have a great weekend. And don't smuggle, smuggle birds in your crotch.